What up, what up? This B-Boy Ridge. It's DJ Butter, y'all. And it's Funky Fresh in the Flesh podcast. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, we got some Man. guests coming in today. Yeah. We had some great episodes. The what last up? few episodes was dope. Man, I'm glad that, man, we making history, Ridge. Oh, yeah, yo. Yes, sir, yes, sir. We bringing people man, back Man, let me out. take my bag. Yep. Hey, you know, like, we we about to, we gonna do an upcoming episode called Are You Still Rapping? Okay. And basically, what we gonna talk about is, you know, when we when we grew up, rap was new. We kind of we was young, right. going into it as teenagers. Right. The people that started hip hop was like late teens, early twenties. Right. Right. So by the time we got older, it seemed like being thirty and rapping was kind of corny. Right. Or like you aged out of rap. Right. So yeah, we gonna do that episode, but we gonna go into more detail. Because a lot of the veterans get asked that question, are you still rapping? Yeah, yeah. I want to um, just merge off and, do, you know, I had a YouTube channel banging like that as well with the um, digging in the crates part. I want to go in my storage. Oh, yeah. And pull out some rarities, some, you know, expensive records from Detroit. That, you know, that people can't find some Dilla records. I, I got this um, this blue vinyl that Dilla made. It was all remixes got a couple of them that JD gave them to me. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. So a um, couple autograph records and stuff. I want okay. to make sure people see. You know what I'm you saying? You going to play them on your grandma's turntable? <laughs> <laughs> Man, rest in peace to grandma's. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody we interviewed. Man, my grandma yeah. was our first DJ. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Everybody, every DJ we interviewed yeah. was like, yeah, I got started with my grandma's yeah. turntable. Then I saved us some money when my dad yeah. brought me some $1,200. Yeah, that's... Like, grandma's was important to hip-hop. Yeah. Shout out to all the grandmas. It's like they had the most patience. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm. Yep. So what you got over there? You got some? Oh, yeah. This is a documentary I did on the homie Showboat um, with DJ King David. Um, That's what's up. It's featuring Big Herc, uh, Lola Damone, KDZ okay. in there, um, Cash Out. We we going to get it on, on on digital platform soon. Okay. That's yeah. Tough. Copies of uh, Good Dope Sells Itself with Pace One. Good Dope Sells Itself. Yes, Look, yes, when y'all yes. go on there, so a lot of people know me for, um, you You want to know the funniest story, dog? Mm -hmm. When you did um, when you did Kill the DJ album, so a lot, I, I sell real estate. I've been selling real estate forever, but I was still an MC, right? Don't let it fool you and shit. Right. So um, when Kill the DJ came out, one of my customers, she called me. You know, he was about the same age. And she was like, I'm at home. I'm listening to a song. And I told my boyfriend, that's my real estate agent <laughs> rapping. And he was like, no, the fuck it ain't. You tripping. Like, he thought she that's was wild. tripping. She called me on the phone. And she was like, I heard this song. Ain't this you? Wow. And then, I was like, yeah, so I started rhyming the verse. He that's was dope. like, man, that's you I would have never thought. That's dope. And shit, they be, that suit and tie be having Talk about cool. that song. Who, who, who was on that song, you know? It was me, Denine Porter, Robert Jasper, and Raymond, Raymond Tracy. And um, we was at Rob's studio, and I came in. I think I mentioned it on the show before, but it was just like, I came in. I didn't, I don't think, I don't. Recall having a verse for that. I had a few bars in my head because I always kept like certain bars. So if something came up, I have like a head start, right? right? And um, and I heard the beat and I was like, okay, this beat cool. 
And every time I would come over, I didn't try to get on every song. Like every mm-hmm. song just didn't fit me. And the beat, the beat was dope. And Denai had his verse. Rob had something. I think Raymond, Raymond put pieces stuff together while he was there. But I was just like, damn, this beat hard. Then when you when I heard you scratch the take the money from yeah. DeWitt, yeah. Uh, oh fuck that. I gotta get on <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah, like it just that. brought out yeah, it brought out the beat. Yeah, yeah it yeah. brought the beat out, but it brought out that raw hip hop. Yeah. Cause what I liked about DeWitt was just like we was doing on the song, we was going verse for verse, all different styles, and it was so much freedom on that song. Like yeah. I was seeing some of the craziest shit. Like Yeah, you like <laughs> um, I think I said, Well, I say, I'm bad. Give me that walkie talkie, yeah. right? And people was like, what, yeah, what'd you man. say that for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, you don't remember uh, I'm Bad video? And LL was yeah, like, yeah. give me that walk. Yeah. It was a joke in the rhyme, but it was, yeah, that song was that song was a banger, man. Man, you 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 probably the, the only real estate guy got a song with Eminem's hype, man. <laughs> His producer, it one pre- of the yeah, top producers yeah. out there, yeah, man. But um Actually, I am. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I know yeah, any a, other realtors yeah. that that had bars like that. Yeah. That was actually on songs. Like that, you got songs yeah. bizarre with Dez. Yeah. Like I literally remember going. Like my daughter used to come to the studio. Mm-hmm. I remember one day we was watching um, BT, and I think it was BT, and Dez was DJing for Slum Village. Mm. And she was like, Daddy, why you not on TV? Ain't that your friend? Yeah. <laughs> I heard that song. That's why they, dope. why y'all not doing y'all song? What was, was it? Like, it was it the Dave like Chappelle that. show or something? Was it, it was one of them. I just know Dez was DJing. Okay. And we was watching it because that's when me and Dez did um we did kind of like he just had a beat and I just wrote to it while we was there. I no, I had a verse already. I was gonna do it to a Jasper beat, but Dez made a beat, and it was more like kind of like party summertime or okay. whatever. And I was like, "Oh, this shit perfect!" So I went and recorded. Yeah, I think I got a raw version. Of yeah, that. when I was like, uh, "Stingy asshole, I ain't trying to beg." She yeah, got all that ass and won't share with Red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I know what you' talking about. Yeah, yeah. Then Dez started off his verse. He was yeah, like, yeah. "She got all that." Yeah. Share with Dez. Dez. Yeah. yeah, that was before BBL. Man, so. <laughs> man, Dez was on Soul Train and everything. I said, which which occasion was it? You know, I said, that's right. dope. That's yeah. dope. But yeah, this one, this one, dope, man. A good dope sells itself. Yeah, I was um, listening to it on the way, for, really for the first time on CD in the car. Like, for real, because I just been frozen in, in the process. You know okay. what I'm saying? But um, yeah, this was dope. Yep, my second time being on the song with Bizarre, the first time we actually recorded together for I Had a Dream. But this one, I heard Pace verse when you brought me into the studio. So I wrote everything kind of like on the same line of how Pace right. was flowing and then like his topic. But when I got to the studio, that was my first time hearing Bizarre verse. And I was like, damn, I could have went another direction he made me want to rewrite my shit but it it still turned out dope you know it was as wild uh pace was like yo butter man 
man, I want to work with Elza. I want to work with Royce. And I, you know, I was, I said, let me deliver it this way. You know right. what I'm saying? So when when he heard it, he just was, you know, he was blown away, like how it came about. You know, because it was yeah. we worked through the pandemic. So oh yeah, so that it was, was hard. it was like you know. It yeah. was hard to move around. You know, people were scared to touch money, you know, all right. that stuff. You know, PayPal's just scamming and cash app scams, so you didn't know who to send money to. Right. So, yeah. But yeah, that that would have been dope to get Royce or Elza. Yeah, yeah. I could hear um who else from Detroit I can hear on there. It's a lot of cats. Uh Fat Cat, Mara One. Yeah, it's, Mara. Yeah, I think I think Pace would jail well with a. It's a few cats yeah. I can think of, but yeah, it's always another another go round. Yeah, he Pace is like one of one of us really, you know. Right. Outsiders is, it's like the fathers of uh, a lot of this stuff here with D twelve and stuff really. You know? Yeah, that's dope. So I brought up oh, so a lot of people is like um, why funky fresh in the flesh, right? So mm-hmm. I'm gonna give y'all some it some history. This is actually like the 11th issue wow. from back in the day. This had to be like early 2000s. Um, yeah, I tried to put that out. Man, that was the last prototype. Yeah, right so this was... And you can see how old it was. It was like in black... Well, this version was in it. black and white. Wow. And um, it said demo right that's when front, 50 yeah. first came out. Yeah. The Royce, Royce <laughs> album. Say featuring Miss Corona. Yep. Proof and JD. Proof. Wow, I can't believe... And I probably, yep. You had the omen wow. in there. I probably gave this to you to really, um, to yep. get your opinion on really on on everything. Cause I was at the process of like, um, should I release physical copies or should I just wait for the internet? Cause the things was changing, prices yeah. was going up on paper. Yeah, you know, then, things um, like that. You know. Yeah, cause you started Funky Fresh in the flesh back in like the nineties. In high school. So I remember, um, I remember wow. like I remember being in there. I remember writing the article in there. Um, yeah, yeah, like some King T stuff you covered. Um, yeah. you used to get good interviews with people. Man, Dilla called me one time. Was like, um, man, give me the cover, man. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> he just called me out the blue. He's like, man, follow me to this. I think Slum Village put out a. That fantastic, uh, fantastic two. Yeah, and he, he, you know, he invited me to the studio. We sat in his his uh, Range Rover, and he played "Raise It Up." But he he was fighting for the cover. But it right. was, you know, I did. I was just at that time, it was so new. You couldn't just put things on the shelf and yeah. hoping to race off the shelf or right or people want to advertise. They said, "Who was you know?" Right. So you I, had to put whatever was hot on yeah, the cover, like any other magazine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I had Royce to find out next to 50 was, right. was strategic, you know, just always for, for our, you know, our Detroit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you look on um, M's first album, y'all will see, um, that was the first album, right? Not Infinite, but the actual the, uh, album sl- The had. first major album, Slim yeah. Shady, uh, Slim Shady LP, I think, man. It's a butter at Funky Fresh in the Flesh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that like, damn, I actually wrote for that magazine. Yeah. So yeah, that's where it all started, people. Like, um, yeah, it was dope. And then you gave a lot of love to local artists in there. Like you got the omen. I think that uh, that issue got the omen in there. Um, Miss Corona. 
been there. Um, I forgot, but it people was getting love, you know. I mean, you know, yeah, that's the case. Was um to identify a local yard, a backyard, because um if you add it up, when you put Detroit physical photos on there, these is all really like ad space, right? You know, majority of these guys it was just promo. You know what I'm saying? So, So I really was trying to. Bend the bend the record labels' arms to let them see what we're doing and, and right. get them sponsoring what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's yeah, tough. that's what's up. So yeah, we had that magazine used to get circulated like all the hip hop spots. Yeah. I would go out of town sometime. I would see it. The hip hop shop sold yeah. it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So that was dope. That's the meaning of the name. That's where yep. it all came from. Funky Fresh in the Flesh, right? Yeah. Yep. 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 Hmm. If somebody got an original copy, like any issues prior to the first issue, we're going to have a contest. So pull y'all copies out, then you're in y'all basements. We're going to uh, announce a contest coming up. Got to have the funky fresh in the flesh. Yeah. You know? We throw an event like you got a copy of the magazine, any copy, you get in the party for free or something. Yeah, we're going to put something together. Now, yeah. What else going on, man? We, we covered... Um, had some great interviews, man, but we got some people coming today. So yeah. Want y'all to stay tuned with what's coming up. Yo, funky fresh in the flesh. That's what's up. I got my boy Tiny just came in. Yeah. Yeah, he gets on my nerves, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just playing. Right. Uh, so what else boy. going on? What's what's new out there that's hot that you like? I know Miss Corona mentioned um knowledge. I seen some of his work. He got the tree of knowledge is out. Okay. Um, I listened to his flow dope. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I like his I like his delivery and then I'm getting deeper into like the song content, like what his subject matter is and stuff like that. But his flow overall is dope. And he got bars. So mm-hmm. um on a scale of one to ten, I would say about a seven or eight, mm. based on how great rappers. If I'm comparing it to a national Mm. level like you know i'm hard on mc yeah like, yeah you ever heard um rock him son is he pretty good and grand Puba son for real yeah yeah i gotta yeah. check them out yeah grand Puba son pretty dope too who shocked me i didn't realize uh what's it costa costa nostra okay two twins okay yeah 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 they i didn't know they was uh it was rascos yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah they dope real dope i like the scenario uh Beat they remix they did. Yeah, I seen yeah. that. Uh yeah. Dougie Fresh Sons, uh Slim and Trips is dope. Uh okay. Square Off Gang. They out yeah. in Harlem. Yeah, they they got a couple projects out. Um I've been spending some of my mix shows, you know. Right. Yeah, Do trips it feel weird playing people son music? Like well, I like mean, we the same age, our kids rapping. I mean, we gotta it do sometime, but it's just the art of um, finding something good out of it. Right. Like, like when I seen them, they were wrapped in front of DMX, and I, it was captivating. They was on BT with Ice Cube and his sons. Yeah, I remember that. So when, yeah. and I got to know them. I said, man, and they they b boys with it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mentioning um, mentioning kids because when we I thought about Run and like uh, what was it JoJo that was rapping yeah. his kids and Biggie and all them, so. I don't know if it's just me, but I got to ask you this, right? So 
growing up, we seen, we watched Crush Groove and all that. We seen Run at that age. You know, they probably was 19, 20 or something like that. When I go back and watch Crush Groove, even though I'm looking at a 20-year-old, 19-year-old, in my mind, I still see that person is older than me. Yeah. It put me in the mindset of being a kid again. Yeah. That's like how important that movie was because every time I watch it, it take me back to childhood. Yeah. You know? I get that uh, when I see Mossy Ski um, yeah. from DMW because um, we was in Northland one day and he, he seemed so much older than us. Yeah, and um, was just cause he he was just bossed up, man. We yeah. we was with our mother. She had a fur on, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he had a fur on, and then we we had a me and my brother had our little Max Julians on and stuff. <laughs> but um, man, he walked up to us and like y'all moms fly, you know. We man, me and my brother was just blown away, you know what That's I'm saying. Dope. But that this man, he was Mossy got to be about. Three years older than me, maybe four, but yeah, it seemed so much older at yep, that time. At the know? time, because yeah. when we was in high school, like I'm thinking about, like now that we older and people like, you know, they always they be like, I'm celebrating my fifty third or whatever, right? And you like, damn, when I was in the ninth grade, you was in the twelfth. Like right. some of these major artists was in high school or just fresh out of high school, right. and they had a a song on BT, right. you know, saying right. videos out. So it's it's funny to see over the years. It seemed like in high school that three or four years was a big, big gap. difference, generational. Yeah, gap, now right. when everybody needs hurt the same, it don't seem right, right that big of a gap. Right, but yeah, hip hop. Right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Say what you what you think about uh, Nas' new album? Nas, dope man. Like I think so. I think it was valid to mention like. Now it's rapping, rapping again. Like mm-hmm. I like the idea, the whole King's Disease uh, series, man. It's like you can hear what he is on on better beats. Not all he has some good beats in in the past, but like a whole body of work, you can hear what could have been back then. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I listen, people. People say like it was written wasn't that good. It was written as hard. It was, it was, like if it was you fat. listen, to yeah. all that uh mob deep production and everything, yeah. live nigga rap the intro. Yeah, you play that intro right now, it, yeah. it's going hard or slap or whatever. That one, y'all that, say that, now. that Dre joined the Nas yeah, is coming. Yeah. yeah, that was that was so hot. um, but it just went into that you know shorty, what's your price and yeah, all of yeah, that, yeah, yeah. trying to keep up with that, but it's. It's hard for a rapper to have that formula. Biggie and Pac figured it out. Um, Jay-Z figured it out. And I think from Nas beginning coming out as that that MC, MC, and not, I don't know if he was selecting the beats or he was just recording songs and like, this good enough. But, um, or like even with Ross, it's a balance of saying, I don't need a necessarily a pop record for it to be popular. Right, right, right. I can stay in pocket. I can have a good, good production, good solid production. Um, like when you listen to something like The Chronic or you listen to Dre, some of Dre's best work. It's hip hop, and it's popular because it's good music and it attracts a large audience. Right, right. But when you, some stuff just seems forced, like I'm forcing to be. 
right. um, a pop record, right? And now it just seemed like it's just a natural chemistry and a natural flow. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's just it, man. It just it's just real good music. You know, uh, you saying that? Um, remember how uh, how Tupac and Easy Moby they merged together? It was yeah. so dope. Like, yeah. If that that vibe would have kept going, yeah. You know, it was like because Easy Moby he seemed like he had so much of it. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, he was like, you know how um, Hit Boy seemed like he never run out of beats, right? You know, right. right. The way uh, Easy Moby laced that um, that Tupac album. You know how he did Biggie. It seemed like it. It will. It made um the the East Coast and West Coast marriage like yeah. go together. You know what because I'm the the music was the music the production was bi coastal. Yeah. Right where it had enough it had enough funk and bump in it to where the West Coast would like it. Somebody explained something perfect to me one time. He said East Coast. Sound is different because most guys they listening to it on their headphones. They on the subways listen to it on their headphones. They might have a radio or something in their house. The West Coast they mostly listening to it in their cars. Mm-hmm. So the sound they want to hear is based on where they're listening to it. Right, right. I don't know how true that is, but it makes a lot of sense. You yeah. know, here we turn up in the summertime, so like. You're going to play everything in your car you wanted to right, bump. Right. Cruising is a thing here. I never went to New York and wanted to cruise in that damn traffic. Yeah, you know wild, what I'm saying? Man. But it's like, um, so yeah, if, I, if I'm listening to it here and and I just want to nod my head, it's one thing, and I'm really listening to lyrics, I might get it. I might want to produce something different. But yeah, it's... It's easy. Mo B had that that good mix. You get other um, producers like that, like like you said with Hip Boy. I'm trying to think of some others. That yeah, had just that. like Super Access. I mean, even even at the time when um, Pharrell and Snoop Dogg worked a lot. Yeah, you yep. know, it's like um, you know, I think um, the game changed when when production credits stop mattering. Yeah, like, when people start reading yeah, the labels. It's like yeah, everything yeah. kind of. Right. You know, that's what the tags on the beats. Like, that's the only thing I be I be wanting Nas to do a little more. It's like, if, if he, like, grab a DJ from left field, like, mm-hmm. you know, with Hit Boy, not premiere all the time, and say, man, right. go grab a... Grandmaster Flash or, or, or DJ Bud. Yeah, I would love to do this. <laughs> no, he could grab, um, just have him out the box, grab like uh, Tap Money or something. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, man, DJ Scratch or. Just Jazzy Jeff. One yeah, Nas and just Jazzy one Jeff. Song, yeah. One time. Yeah, that'd know, be good. With dope. Hit Boy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So let me ask you this, because you produce too. It, do you think the artists. Um, the artist influence the producer. Like, so if I'm working with a if if I'm if a producer's working with an artist, let's say they're working on a, a album, or they're gonna do a certain number of songs, do you think the artist brings out the best in some producers or the other way around? Hold on, y'all. This Mr. Wrong. He on his way. <laughs> yeah, we got Hello. a guest coming in live and direct. Okay. Yeah. 
He on his way. I think it's just access, bro. I think right. um I think the artists be wanting to be produced. I think, you know, the art of um artists writing in the studio. Right. You know, here we are, you know, a lot of times we send beats through email, things like that. You give them time to to work now a little little more, but to be under a clock and you got artists writing in the studio and they not thinking about the budget or thinking right. about it's it's just the vibe of artists just wanna wanna sit back and, and hear beats for two hours and you know, begin right. to write. And so if you got a, a producer that'll give you that. Right. You know, he really produced, he ain't just beat making. He like, yo, here, yeah. come vibe. We we gonna think about a movie. We gonna, we, how was your day today? You know what I'm saying? Y'all like, actually working together to yeah. come up with a masterpiece versus, hey, here's a beat tape. You know, when, when and, you got the marriage with the producer and the studio and the artist, and they right. say, this is this is the, the, the umbrella we gonna raise. You know, and everybody ain't dollar for dollar, man. I think the best work come out of that. I mean, look right. at look at Marley Maul and how he, the access he had. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Do you think it's better for, do you think it's better for artists to work with one producer for majority of their project? Well, you know, it depends. I, I too think, um, just can you imagine like, let's say for instance, you, um, you know, the, the artists get to where it's just like this. You see, you Biggie album started off with 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 West Coast music. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? It, you know, a lot of West Coast cats could have right. rapped on that. That's why that stuff was, yeah. yeah. you know, groundbreaking. I would love to hear um, Nas rap over some funky stuff from e, E-40s era and yeah. that, that stuff. You know, just like... Right. Some pockets is that stuff, and then you know, you mess around with if you mess with the South, maybe go go get Dungeon Family or something. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Get that song. You know, yeah. Even you remember how? Um, remember DMC was on Biggie's album, just yeah, with on the a prey on man. Yeah. That that mesh was so dope. Yeah, that man. was perfect. Or how they grabbed the RZA. Yeah, you know yeah. And then they went to um, who who used to produce Bone Thugs? Was it Mo? What was their production team, man? Um, Mo Thugs. Oh, it was a, it was a DJ guy name. Um, yeah, but that that whole I can't that think was of the DJ name. I think the best example. The reason I asked that too because it seemed like some of the best albums from rappers had like maybe one, maybe two producers on it, right? But it seemed like it was more of um, what we gonna create, and I think when you do that. I think they're more honest with each other. Mm. So, like, if I just sell you a beat and you go right to it and record, it's almost like I might not care what you do with it. You know what I'm saying? Or I might be like, dang, that beat was hot. I should have sold it to somebody else. Right. Who knows what producers are thinking? Because we've seen it work out all ways, right, right? Right. But then if I'm in the studio and I'm like, I'm hiring you to do my album or we're going to work on this album together, I like your style, you you respect mine, then I think you're going to get a better product. Right, right. Because I can tell you, I like this beat, but it's missing something. Or I don't want to write to that. Or you sometimes you have a producer say, nah, this the one. Yeah, I mean, this, that's, that's the beauty of hip-hop when... When a producer and an artist really care about the product, like that's you know we don't have that. Whereas, 
it didn't turn into a dollar for dollar game. You know what I'm saying? Right, so when right. you, when you got a, a producer say you ain't got to give me three thousand today, let's get mine on the back end. Or, right. You know, I think a lot of that, even that on on top of the sample sampling and all that yeah. stuff, it just it just made hip hop a, a weird way. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, I think two of two of the best albums I seen come out of hip hop was when people went to a different coast. Yeah. So when Ice Cube did America's Most Wanted and he yeah. went and worked with the yeah, Bomb Squad. Dope. Or boss and he had all of that. Yeah. Going to the West Coast. Boss going to the West yeah. Coast. But one of the biggest was, and I was too young to realize it, but then when, like you said, reading the credits, I didn't know who was who. And then it dawned on me probably about two or three years after it came out was when LL did I'm Bad. Mm. So he went from radio to I'm Bad, and he went out and started working with the L.A. Posse. Yeah. And it was like, it was such, it was a hip hop sound, but it was like the beats for fuller than what radio had because right. hip hop had evolved more to getting more, it was more instruments in it then at right. the time. And a little bit, sample star coming around, scratches were always a part of it, but it wasn't that scratch heavy. Right. Like scratches were in it, but they really kind of made scratching it part of the instrument instrumental right. you know what i'm saying that's man and, i used to love that era yeah man. and that was like yeah the la posse and then when like then king t came out then um breeze you remember breeze yeah yeah young son no yeah breeze yeah. la yeah, yeah. Ooh, LA. telephone process yeah posse. Mm. yeah <laughs> man yeah that was dope. funk yeah yep. But yeah, man, hip hop, hip hop has been um been through its phases. I mean, we all see that. But like the young dudes now, I like a lot of their energy. Mm -hmm. But then you know, I'm not for like some of the. I mean, we we had violent records back then. I'm not gonna sit here and lie. We we said we were saying some raunchy shit back in the day. I think like I remember sitting in front of Chantonique at um. Uh, Niggas for Life album, they had a song called Automobile. Mm. <laughs> if you be good to me, yeah. I'll be good to you. Yeah. And we'll both ride yeah. home oh, in my automobile. automobile. Yeah. <laughs> All I want is the foot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm sitting in front of Chantonique's. My boy went in, and I'm just blasting it, and I'm yelling to the top of my lungs. Oh, it won't get the bullet. <laughs> and I remember the old lady looked out at me and I just I just felt so damn ashamed. Wow. wow. But it was like that was one of my favorite songs because I had never in hip hop, people really wasn't like singing on records like yeah. that, making fun of it that Yeah. Much. Man went went easy. Remember he said uh Compton, Michigan, you know? Yeah, was, yeah. Man, when soon as he said that. I, I found a way to get to his publicist. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Shout out to Phyllis Pullock. I hope you're still alive. Wow. But she was um she was hooking up an interview for me for Funky Fresh in the Flesh for Easy. Wow. But she called me and she was giving me his status on his health. But then right. she called me crying. It was like he passed away. You know what I'm saying? Right. But yeah, shout out to Phyllis Pullock. That was that's my homegirl. She used to keep keep Rufus record stuff in my mailbox all the time. Man. Yeah. Man, I'm I'm missing days like you, Mark Hicks. I got 
Oh, yeah, that's another segment we're going to do. So um, I didn't really throw away any cassette tape, so I got cassettes back to um, late 88. I got a box. We're going to do B-Boys, Box of Hip Hop. And every segment, we're going to review a different cassette, right? The reason we're doing that is because some stuff came out of cassette that when they got to CD, there were songs missing or mm -hmm. there was a remix or even vice versa or there was a different version that came out. Yeah. Or I got some shit that's out of print. I got like promo only copies of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I looked in there. I got um, I got like Fat Man Scoop mm. did like a a Tommy Boy Some Mark Hicks project. Stuff, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I got a um old dirty bastard like promo cassette, but like it's a whole segment on there with him. I think it's Sixty Second Assassin mm. and some other people, and they're performing on stage. Wow! But they just break out and start singing, like singing oldie but goodie. R&B songs mm -hmm. and shit. And this is not like no hip hop shit. They just broke out into that <laughs> just having fun. Like yeah. I don't I don't see that on the internet yeah. much. But the habit of cassette before it was before you had access to it and this was like promo only stuff, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So we going to go back through that some oldie but goodies that people probably forgot about, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I got to I got to I never figured out what the difference was because I listened to both cassettes side by side. I got a, a, a Run DMC Raising Hell cassette, but it says London version. Wow. And I listened to it lyric for lyric, word for word. Nothing was different between the two. The The artwork was a little bit different because the, um, the color scheme was a little different. Okay. And, um, so yeah, so maybe they pressed it up there. I don't, I yeah, understand. they pressed it okay. up different there, wow. but I thought it was gonna be like a bonus or something, something unique yeah. about it. Yep. So we're gonna run through those and, and see what we got. I got definitely got some Detroit hip hop. Yeah, yeah. I got some people rapping that y'all didn't even know was rappers. You know what I'm saying? They into other parts of the music industry. I got those cassettes. Alright, okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, I got some stuff for um Joey Bishop. He coming here today. Um, him and um SFD. Okay. Um, one of them tapes. Um, rest in peace to B Def as well. It's got some classic B Def tapes. Um, you know all that World One Records. Yeah. People need to know about all that World One Records stuff. But um, DJ Los and his father and, and that yeah. history, man. It's, that's what kind of kind of mold our, our entrepreneur spirit in the hip-hop game here with record labels and stuff. Yeah, you know? World One was like our Def Jam or Cold Yeah, show. yeah, of so, course, of yeah, course. Because they, the, they had one of the biggest collections of Detroit artists and albums, and they had some of the best, well, they had the best quality music that came out during that era. Right. A time and they they I think all of their artists had at least one video, right? Yeah, what well, Dice was uh, hold on to my D. That was yep. on. They played that on BT early. I remember rushing man. home, rushing home, seeing Lance Swan in the video. Man, yeah. it was just so inspiring, bro. When yeah. I was young, I didn't. Yeah, seeing the boys in the, with the Gucci <laughs> links in the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought that song was gonna. 
Yo, it, it had that ice cube feel to it. Yeah. 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 I definitely caught that fire. Yeah. Go go nasty. Yeah. Man, yeah. man. Shout out to um Ishan once again, man. He 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 was like before Master P with the catalog stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He kept kept us like Man, mesmerized by him dropping records like he was dropping too, man. That was like the earlier stages of, of Detroit hip hop, you know. Yeah, Eshawn, mm. he got a cult following, man. Like yeah, people, yeah. People love love him. Yeah, love him. Like, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, shout out to Eshawn, man. Mm. I got a song on um, his album called Sacrificial Lambs. It's called Stay on Your Toes. Right. Uh, with him and Mastermind, y'all check that out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He did. What didn't he do? Um, everybody walk your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That Morris Day stuff. To see him perform that stuff. Yeah, man, man it's amazing, man. Then he had some yeah. song, man. I used to love. You had it on one of your mixtapes. Uh, was it Mister Gam Man or something? No, yeah. it was something. He was like, um, something with like Jesus sandals or something. He was saying he was kind of like singing a little bit on it. It'll come back to me. It was dope as hell, but it was melodic. Mm. It had like, yeah, that was dope. Yeah, it was kind of like one of them off. It was kind of like off the wall for his style a little bit, but it it was dope. Yeah, I'm Y'all, sitting on an unreleased Eshawn record. I, oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't say that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Butter. <laughs> Butter, you still yeah. have? They going to be inboxing yeah. your Facebook. Shout out to Eshawn, mastermind. Yep. TNT, Nottis. Yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of it was a lot of rappers. So like we we give a lot of credit to M for being lyrical with it. But like that shock factor, I mean he mentioned Eshime in a record, right? Mm-hmm. He and um but that that kind of rock and roll shock factor music came the people I remember on record doing it was Eshime. And then it was an artist uh, down south, Gangsta Nip. Mm-hmm. Remember him? Right. He was saying some wild stuff. Right. But one of the one of my favorite MCs was a local rapper. I think he recorded some stuff. Um, but I used to just hear him rhyme at the ciphers with Shabazz. Do you remember mm-hmm. Shabazz? Mm-hmm. He was like. I, I would say, like, because he had the voice like Bizarre. Yeah. He, well, Bizarre got a voice like him because he was older, I think. And he just had a delivery. But some of the shit he would say, I would be like. <laughs> Blown away. <laughs> he said, um, he said, he said something and he was like, I put gasoline in a baby bottle. That's some shit he said. Then he was like, Zach, yeah. yeah, then he was like, I turned uh, Cheers into a titty bar. <laughs> so yeah. He was just like saying some, <laughs> some off the wall shit, but it was dope. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And he had, he had a style, but then was like two of the things I remember. Like, yeah. Who else was like that? What was, uh, was a uh, CMC like that? He was kind of ahead of like a shock factor. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but not so much. I think the 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 weird the one that said the the most outlandish shit probably was Gangster Nip. Mm. I think some of the stuff I heard him say. Bushwick. But, yeah, Bushwick. 
You know, you know what song was dope by Bushwick? I don't think get enough credit is the other level of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. He told a story and yeah. it was just like, man, that was the, that was, that was a whole, that was a deep, deep yeah. song was sweet. Man, uh, uh, Size Ain't Shit was dope. Yeah. You know what's so wild? Uh, Gino XO, man. Happy birthday, Gino. He, they called me one day and, man, Bushwick hung out with Gino the whole week. You know what I'm For saying? Real? I went to his crib. <laughs> that Rhymo called me like, man, Butter, man, I'm about to call you. I'm going to have, I'm gonna have Bushwick hold up a CD, you know? <laughs> right. Like, he was just hanging out, man. Yeah. Gino got some, some records on Bushwick, man. That's Damn, I'm writing you out, Gino. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gino, they going to be in your DM, Gino. Every time somebody say I got they be in the DM. Shout yep. out Gino XO. Yeah, watch out for Willie D. Going to make you read these Nikes. <laughs> <laughs> Willie D yeah. always been a grown-ass man yeah. in rap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if anybody man. was a grown man in hip-hop, it was Willie D. Remember uh, Ball Head Hoes? You know? Yeah, Ball Head Man. We, me yeah. and my brother, we had the sounds in, in the station wagon. We used to yep. just drive slow, playing that boy. Yeah, he used to be banging. You, know? you got a lot of hoe be a hoe. Remember <laughs> that? Yeah. yeah. Willie, yeah. Willie D was always on some grown yeah. man shit. He dressed like a grown man. At, back then when, you know, a lot of rappers were... The reason I say that is because a lot of rappers were still, like, youthful or, like, playing around. When you seen Willie D or, like... Rakim or some of those dudes, it wasn't like they was acting hard. They was just being grown-ass men. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like people ask me, what's the biggest difference in hip-hop now to back then? Like a 25, 28-year-old rapper mm -hmm. back then was saying and doing grown-man shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like, you kind of can't tell the 18 year old from the 28 year old. Yeah. You know, and it's not a knock. It's just, but that's, that's just the world, period. I mean, you got, you got old folks calling young guys big homies and stuff. You yeah. Know? So you know what I'm just, saying? It's, I think it's too, it's the art of passing the torch or, um, uh, rich, what you call it, um, returning a favor, passing it back. Return, yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. It's, we got to get that back, even in our cultures, man. Right. You know? well, yeah. It's just like when I look back at, I remember being a teenager and the 27-year-old, the 28-year-olds, you, it was easy to identify grown people back then that was 10 years older than you, mm -hmm. right? Um, now it's different. Because it was such a generation gap. Like, our generation grew up on hip-hop. The people that was 15, 20 years older than us, they grew up on R&B, and they may have started, get hip-hop started growing on them, but they wasn't dressing hip-hop. So, like, you know, you look back, even, like, you look back at some basketball players from, like, the 70s and 80s, they 25, they look and act like, they look and act like, a forty-year-old acts today. Right. You know what I'm saying. Right. So, I think society required them to take on certain responsibilities earlier. Mm -hmm. So, um, we we got this thing in our group. We call it extended adolescence. So, you know, you you still youthful, but you still 
doing young young dude shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well into your 30s, where back then that wasn't accepted. Mm-hmm. So we seen that in hip hop over time. These dudes, you know, you you seen that 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 grown man rapping, and like I said earlier, that's probably why it seemed like people started phasing out after they got about 30 because the young dudes couldn't relate to them. Look now, at James more, Evans was how old Yeah, good times. he wasn't James, <laughs> man, James <laughs> Evans. That's why I'm looking, that's why I say you look back at people then, they still seem older than you, even though I'm 49 looking at a 20-year-old, yeah. but he still looked grown as hell, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people's hairline was receding at 23, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of them, it wasn't like one or two dudes right. that just seemed... It just seemed weird. Maybe it was just a style of clothes or whatever, but right. <laughs> they wasn't wearing gym shoes too. I think that had a lot to do with it. Right, street right. clothes all the time. Corduroy, tight ass corduroys and shit. Man. <laughs> them styles. Some sh- some stuff recycle and come back in style, but some stuff should stay where it's at. Right, right. Yeah. Man, you know what's so dope to see? And um, man, we get onto the podcast. Um the uh, the Buster Rhymes, Big Daddy Kane, Conway. Song. Oh man, that just shit just the and Marley Mar, just to just see it, you know, just like I think once hip hop, like um, like you see Conway and and, and Big Daddy Kane like that. Yeah, yep. That's classic, man. And, and Big Daddy way, Kane. Y'all. Go ahead. Yeah, Big Daddy Kane bringing his Big Daddy Kane swag. Hey, we gonna um, pause it right here. We got a guest coming in.